ما بمثل اي طرف ما بمثل اي بلد انا بمثل هالقاره سوريا بدمي عنصريه بدمك قد ما بتدق على الخشب اتعلمت النجاره قاري بالربابه حاجه شد على الوتر عندي صنبط اشاراتك صور السطر شو ما قلت وعملت ما حتحسسني بالخطر في اكلك بلقمه بس ما بدي حس بالزفر السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته peace and blessings uh, to all of you guys and shout out to everybody uh, you know tuning in and welcome to uh, buckle up with me big hoss and man oh man so many ways i can start um, you know today's show um, he's the first artist i interviewed when i actually flew from jeddah to beirut um, when i had of course you know vlogging uh, for revolt he's somebody with an incredible heart an amazing talent from middle east to the world this artist is uh, pure lyrically strong and with a mad dope message He's especially unique because of the back of his background. Get this, you guys: half Syrian, half Filipino, living in Beirut, Lebanon. I feel his music um, talks to people who feel marginalized all over the world, and he does it through hip hop. And that's the beautiful thing about what he does. He's been doing it for a long time, and now he's releasing a, a new album. I just want to make sure. Um, if it's his fourth album or, or our fifth album, mashallah, just incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Chino with the Y. We're going to say salam, man. How are you? Yo, salam alaikum, man. How you been, man? My brother, man. It's uh, such an honor connecting. I've been uh, like, like, yeah, what I'm, saying, all I'm saying is like, you just opened up about like the 10 year, you know, 10 years ago when we did, the, you know, the first interview. And I just saw that yesterday. I just took a look because I knew I was going to get up on it. And I was like, oh my God. And I saw myself and it's 10 years ago. Like I haven't seen that video since 10 years. And I, the first thing that popped in my head was like, yo, Chino, you had a damn good head of hair back then, bro. <laughs> Facts. No, but man, God bless your, your, your definition of a hard worker and like resilience all put together. Um, like I said, man, like the, because I believe God doesn't give you something you can't handle. That, that's, that's what I believe. And you're put in a, with everything that you go through and went through and uh, what, the, what the country Lebanon has been going through, and you're still there, you're still, your name as a name always, you know, it comes up, man, bless up. And before we talk about Mamluk, which by the way, is the fourth or fifth album? What is it? You know, actually, like for me as a solo artist, solo. it's actually my second album. Second, okay. Yeah, it's my second solo album. You know, obviously I was with my band Fariq al We've done two albums together and uh, I've done like a, a compilation album, which I produced the whole thing with the mm. Ross, Derwish and multiple rappers called the Dalin. Dalin. And I've also done a collaborative album with uh, Synaptic, which Terminal. also covered back in the days Terminal, as well. Yeah. Yeah, Incredible, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Okay, before we even talk about that, I wanna know, and again, excuse my ignorance here, you, you used to be known as Chino. Now, Chino yeah. with a Y, is there a story or any, rest, tell me about that. Man, um, like, firstly, yes, it used to be Chino, now it's Chino with a Y, because simply, everybody used to misspell my name, bro. Like, they used to spell that ish with a Y, with an I. So I was like, yo, okay. it's Chino with a Y. And then I was, and also, they kept on asking me, why did they call you Chino? And I'm like, bro, like, I think it's quite obvious. That's why I put it like Chino with a Y, because people <laughs> always have a Y when they ask me who I am, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if yeah. you wanted, you know, Originally, my name is Nasr Shibaji. I'm from Damascus. 
Mm -hmm. My father is Syrian, he named me Nasser. I grew up as Nasser, but when I did move to Damascus, from, I moved from Saudi Arabia as a kid to Damascus, I had this guy from, uh, he's, he's Syrian, but originally from Texas. And over there, there was a lot of, you know, yeah, Mexicans, a lot of people who spoke Spanish. So anybody who's a little bit Asian, they would call him Chino. So he came over, you know, to, to Syria and he called me Chino. And that got stuck from Damascus until I went to Beirut, until I moved to Spain. I was just known as Chino. And I, I know there is like, you know, like there's this undertone of like a small slight, slight undertone of racism that comes with the name, you know, because it's like, it's like in the Arab world when you call any African a Sudani or Habashi, you know, like Bam. it came, comes with that undertone of racism, like you all grouped one and together. Mm. But that's exactly why I wanted to keep my name Chino. Like I take it for myself, you know, make it something really cool. And, uh, and, and then it became less offensive to me, you know, because I remember as a kid, and this is like for sure, like when the guy told me, I'm gonna call you Chino. I told him that's never gonna stick. That's never good. I'm not, I'm not Chinese. I'm Filipino. Like that will never stick. And here we are, bro. Literally, literally 21 years later, wow. 21 years later. Yeah. I'm called Chino. Um, wow. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, why, I mean, why hip hop? Why, what is it about this art form that made you, you know, stick with it? Like till that long, mashallah, you know, all the culture, you know, like I started the blog in 2007. I think I met you in 2008 slash nine. Um, and then, mashallah, you're still, you've been doing it. You're still doing it. You're about to release a new album, which by the way, I'm going to talk about just incredible. Uh, the maturity, the evolution of this album. Wow. Um, but why hip hop? What, what is it about hip hop as an art form that made you stick with it and express your ideas through it like that? I think it was... Yeah. You know, when, when people say, they say this a lot, right, in the hip-hop world, like hip-hop chose me, uh, I'll have to say that it did, you know, because moving from country to country, so I was born in, in the Philippines, and then we moved to Saudi Arabia when I was a kid, and I moved to Syria, moved to Beirut, moved to Spain. I moved a lot as a child, you know, and growing up. And my mom is from the Philippines, and my dad is Syrian. We don't speak each, they don't speak each other's language. I go from one country to country. I don't look like I'm from that country. Uh, so I never really assimilated, you know? Uh, it was difficult to find friends and to connect with them based on my culture and where I'm from because I never felt like I fit in wherever I came from, whether I'm Syrian, I, you know, Syrians never considered me as, Syrians, as a Syrian as a kid. And Filipinos thought, Yo, you don't look Filipino either, man. So I never really fit in. The only way I was making friends in all my 31 years, you know, like, you know, I'm 36 year old, but 31 years since I understood hip hop, I was making you know, friends through hip hop, you know? Mm. Uh, this is the way it connected. So culturally, hip hop became more of my identity than where I'm from, you know? And I think, yeah. I think, and I think that's like, that's happening a lot more these days, you know, like when the internet is open to that world, you know, me as a kid, because I spoke English, you know, as a kid, I was born speaking English because my, my dad was Arab. And then when I was at home speaking Filipino or Tagalog, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be getting jelly. You know, he gets so jealous, like that I'm not speaking Arabic, that I'm speaking Filipino. He'd be like, no, don't let speak English. Don't let him speak Tagalog. So, you know, at home, English became kind of enforced because mm. of the cultural differences. Wow. Uh, yeah, so because of that, I absorbed a lot of Western culture. And mm -hmm. in, in, the early, in the 90s, 
hip hop was blowing up. And the first like video clip I saw was um, was Naughty by Nature, you know, wow. hip hop parade. Wow. You know, so I, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, it's been like three, four years for me in, 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 in Saudi Arabia, not making any friends, bro, no friends. And I just see all these like, you know, people listening to this different sort of music, like completely just like alien to me. And they were like wearing like loose clothes, you know, the puffy starter jackets, you know, <laughs> uh, them, you know, and, and, you know, beanies, huge beanies, hanging on the basketball ring, chilling on the top of the basketball ring. And wow. you know, you know me, you know me, yeah. ass, I love basketball since I was a kid. Me too. So I saw yeah. that imagery, you know, <laughs> yeah. I saw the imagery. I was like, I want that. I mm. want that community. I didn't have friends. So I, so my first image of hip hop was this community thing, you know, like coming together and being, you know, just having friends and, you know, being together. And that was something I yearned for as a kid. And I guess as I got older, that was like the main shtick about hip hop for me. It's like this community thing. I, I met people through hip hop. I identified with my, you know, to the people around me with hip hop, you know, because yeah. I couldn't identify myself as a, as a Syrian. They'd be like, oh yeah, for real? Like which part? And I could just tell them which street, but I couldn't tell them like, you know, maybe now that I lived in Syria, now that I lived in Beirut for so long, but back in the days then, it was still like, mm. I was culturally separated. Yeah. No, wow. And, and, and subhanAllah, knowing, knowing you now, you are, you're such a community person. Like you are, you know, like anyone you speak. Yeah, seriously, anyone that's watching this right now, you know, that Chino's all about, you know, the community. Chino's always doing events for the community. Chino, Chino, you know, it's always that. So subhanAllah, um, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's really amazing, man. Um, but yeah, I want to just, honestly, yeah, go ahead. Honestly, and it's also, you know, like, you know, people like you, you know, like I used to be just a rapper as well, you know, when you first interviewed me and then I saw like the type of community, you know, like you tried to build around you from all over the region, you know, because I remember when you first came over here, you know, you were building like this community with like low key, with yeah. Narsi, with Omar Effendim, you know, and, you know, with lethal skills. And I saw you, you kept your peeps around you and you were like building yourself, you know, and carrying your peeps with you, mm. you know, and creating the scene because we know, and especially right now, we know you can't build a scene on your own. Every right. one person fades away. Every one artist can't carry the torch forever. This mm. is facts, you know? Facts. So you got to carry your peeps and pass the torch along. And everybody, you know, it's like a relay race. Like you pass the baton to your homie yeah. and he goes, does his race. He passes it to the other homie. One day he's going to come back in the next lap and give it back to me so I can do my race, you know? Wow. And if we have this mentality where you're like, Yo, we're passing it on and everybody's eating, then hey man, everybody can eat. But every, everybody's trying to snatch off each other's plate, then yeah, definitely we're gonna we're not gonna survive, you know, economical crises like this. We're not gonna wow. survive cultural, you know, uh, you know, undercurrents that try to take you away. We're not gonna survive corporations trying to take it away for you. You know, I'm sound with label, but I still feel like the way I carry myself with enough self-respect you know, throughout my career, you know, I could, I could, you know, be with a label or be without a label. And I'm not disillusioned by what a label can give me or a corporation can give me. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, drop the mic. What, 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 what? <laughs> Get out of here. And that's why I love this guy, man. Like, seriously. Yo, there's so many things I could talk about what you just said right now. Um, yo, let's talk about that. Obviously, Warner Music Middle East, shout out to them. 
Um, what is that like? What does that mean? I've spoken to Synaptic as well, signed to Warner Music, a Middle East, uh, and and it's a, such a good move. Um, for for Synaptic, he said, "Listen, I'm at the point right now in my career where I really need help. I've reached a point where I need to do this and do that." And he thinks that signing up with the label will get him where he needs to get to the next step. What is it for you, asked Chino? I think I'm in the same position, but in the under, other end of the spectrum, mm. you know, like um, with Synaptic, you know, shout out to Synaptic. He's my boy. We've been touring. We, you know, yeah. one love to him. He also got an album coming. He's also in the label with me. So when, when he, when he got signed, he's, he had like a three year, like launch, you know, like in two years, he was like super big, you know, and then he found like a plateau where it's like, okay, I get mm. to a certain level. I need this huge push to get me into, you know, to the stratosphere, you know, <laughs> for me, I have, I'm way older than him. You know, I'm like 10 years older than homie. So, uh, I reached, you know, like, and also there's a different thing about like, you know, 10 years ago when I was doing stuff with Farid five yeah. years ago, social media and like, you know, followership and internet and, you know, that doesn't stick to me because I've had such a long reign in, in hip hop yeah. that any one structure, you know, I don't really adhere to because it's always now for me, it becomes about the long run. It's about longevity, you know? <sighs> so it's about being everywhere, not being in one platform. You know? Truth, longevity and in my opinion, relevant, Danny, you know, like you're, you're, you're Yanni, mashallah, you're, you're still relevant. And, and this is, I think, what's important to me, Yanni, you know, and this is why you keep releasing the songs. You're out there, you're about to read this album. Um, but yeah, but, but signing up with the, with the label, in what way do you think that will help you? Yes. As, so because I, it's, I've been doing this for so long and, you know, I've done, I've done my own videos. I got my own budgets for my own things. You know, it's just like, it became like a thing, like they offered me this deal. It's not like I went to them because in, uh, in reality, when I used to manage Synaptic, you know, uh, a year and a half ago, I was going to Warner to get him signed initially. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, and while I was getting him signed, he was, you know, kind of questioning the, contemplating the situation. And I then I started working with uh, Warner Music Middle East for the Scum Week. You know, we did like a Scum Shout Festival out to you in Beirut. Yeah, beautiful yeah. Scum Week. Yeah. So when we did that, you know, I started to be in communication with them a little bit. And then they started, it's like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> what kind of music are you doing? You know? And, I yeah. and then I told them about the concept of Mamluk, which I was starting up. And I started, you know, giving them like, breadcrumbs you know from it a song here a song there and then they were like okay you know this is sounding really cool and once i started like you know going into negotiation with them you know with my lawyers and my manager i started thinking like okay i need to change up how this album is going to sound if if just in case i get signed with warner you know i need to put like different you know twists different types of productions on this you know because i'm you know my albums i'm pretty straight, raw, lyrical, yeah. you know, socially conscious type of stuff. And the album is still like that, but I had mm. to like put way more bangers in there. And wow. uh, shout out to all the producers. So, and all the collaborators, they helped me make, you know, just bangers more, you know? I think, yeah, man, it's, uh, um, no, I mean, salute for you for that. And shout out to the Warner Music Middle East. Um, I want to talk about Mamluk, but to be honest with you, um, and um, I'm sorry, I have to really bring this up on uh, on the 8th of September, 2020. Uh, we've lost a, a, a dear, a dear man, a dear guy, 
uh, to our heart. Double A, the preacher man, rest his soul in peace and power. I know you guys were very close. And I know he's featured um, on, on, on the album. Um, I'm the kind of guy that likes to salute and honor people by telling great things about them. You know, like, you know, I, I believe, I believe it's, it's what, what people say about you that will always live. So maybe you can tell us something about double A, something that people can put a smile on people's face and just, you know, and, um, you know, and, and from this platform, man, may his soul rest in peace and power. Allah sabr ahlu yani and, uh, you know, his lovely wife. And it's just, uh, I mean, I mean it, was, it was a tough, tough moment. And uh, yeah, so maybe tell me, like, what does double A mean to you? And maybe just tell me a story before we dive into Mamluk. Double A is the embodiment of kindness. I've known this guy for 18 years. You know, uh, we've been friends all along. We've met through hip hop. That was the thing that connected us together. We've done shows together. Uh, but most importantly, man, this guy had just an unsurmountable, like unsurpassable amount of love. He just carried like this childish innocence to discover you as a person. You know, everybody he met, he connected with. And that's why he has such a, like, a great amount of friends that just showed him so much love when he passed away. And when I, when, you know, I had a few, me and a few friends, you know, when he passed away, went, went to his memorial. Mm. And because it was like a COVID, you know, COVID lockdown, there was not a lot of people in this burial that we knew. So we wanted to do like, a memorial special for him, you know, graffiti artists did a piece for him. People came, we walked, we, we took, we had like a 20 minute walk from one area to another area with candles, with a bunch of people and the amount of love that he has. And you know, and this one thing, you know, I think that really hit home for me, you know, is we get into this rat race of life mm. and we start getting into our goals and our focus, you know, and, and you know, you start becoming goal oriented, like, I need to create this project, you know, increase my audience and all this stuff, you know, and then someone like him, he just comes and he's like, give me the mic, let me rock it. And he was, he was more yeah. community than all of me, you know, all of us. So the big example I took from him is that he did this hip hop essentials one-on-one and he would come every Monday, then it switched to Wednesday. He would come every week, you know, uh, five people, three people, to hundred people. It didn't matter. He's there every week to rock it, you know? Mm, same um, energy, man. Incredible guy. Amazing. Yeah, yeah man. Rest so rest in peace, in peace man. man. For sure, man. I really. Love you, double A. Wow, and, man. And much I'm love. Sorry, just before I, before no, no, I go continue, ahead. like, uh, having him on the album uh, was just. He always every time he'd come from Dubai, he would hit me up, and he's like, "Yo, what's new? What's new? Let me hear it," you know. And I knew in my heart to heart that he would. He always wanted to be and one of my projects. Uh, but you know, because he was in that rat race of life, going to Dubai and working, he wasn't in, in hip hop making music that much. And I had this verse that I recorded with him. You know, we kind of arranged it together, recorded and sent it to John Kennedy for his project. So I still had the vocals. So I asked John Kennedy if I can have it on the album. And it, it's, it's sometimes you think about better later than never, you know, when it comes to something like that. Yeah, but when I put in the album and I really I gave it to Warner to just all right, this is part of the last song from the album. Please add it. I had this feeling like maybe it's it's better never than late, you know, because 
I started feeling so guilty that it took this long mm. and it, for this to happen, for him to ha finally be in my album. But I hope like, you know, you know, he's looking down on us and I hope, you know, that he appreciates, you know, I'm, I'm sure he does. That's the thing. There's no, no bad vibes that come from this guy, you know. Yeah, I know yeah. he's, God he's bless there. him. God bless his uh, yeah. soul. And um, I'm sorry I had to really like honor him, man, and, and, and talk about that. I know he's featured on, uh, uh, I believe, track number nine, um, 81 yeah. Till Infinity. 81 Till Infinity. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Wallah, man, I, when I moved here to Dubai, of course, as well, uh, I had the beat and he came and rocked it. I got a box full of stuff. And um, I just gave him the, the, the stuff in it. He didn't never seen it and he freestyled and people went bananas. People never really knew. And I'm not saying that freestyle, uh, if you freestyle, you're a hip hop. It's freestyle is, a, is, more like a, uh, is more like a technique and more like a thing that you can do as a rapper. And he was really good at it. And people went crazy. He yeah. was getting stuff from the audience and I had a box filled with stuff, man. And uh, uh, yeah, so God rest his soul in peace and power, man. Thank you so much for sharing that, Chino. Um, Thank you, Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Um, Mamluk, um, first of all, what, a, what, a, what an incredible um, artwork. What an amazing name. What a very catchy name from somebody who is half Syrian, half Filipino, embodies th that concept of being mar marginalized and talk, talk about that. But before I ask you about the process, I wanted to ask you like, okay, and I hope you get my question right. The Arab hip-hop movement is such a diverse spot right now. I think you agree with me. Like, it's crazy. At this point right now, we are, like, I'm talking numbers. I'm talking diversity. I'm talking listenership. We're reaching. Um, yes. In, in the way you're doing it, and you've been doing it, this more like when you're doing it in English, do you think that people, if you have done it in Arabic, your career would be in a different spot than now? Yeah. And yeah, you know, in the album, there's, you know, a mixture of English yeah. and Arabic. Uh, but at some point, I just have to say, I need to keep it real with myself. You mm. know, there's just something that me as a human being, as a person, I want to say in English in that manner. And just some things I want to address it in Arabic because it's, that's how the feeling hit me. Mm. You know, so if you're like, if I'm in Lebanon, you know, and Beirut, and then some situation in my neighborhood happens to me personally and the conversation and dialogue in that specific, you know, entanglement that I was part of, you know, like in the song Nike Air, mm. uh, I would, I would say it in Arabic. You know, if there's some situation with, if, if there's some situation that I'm addressing that, you know, like fresh money, which is like the economical situation of Lebanon, but I am trying to correlate how my love for my family and me sending them money, you know, mm. and trying to succeed in an environment I'm not from, yeah. and, you know, sending them Western unions, that seems like an issue that I want to speak in, in English. Mama and daddy gave you all money, comfy and happy with a full tummy. Me and more hungry and angsty. Off the wall, no paper trail like Banksy. I do this for Big Mo and Danny Mans and my little sis Nanny. You do it for your fans, I do it for my family. You know, so I, I love that. For me, it's just keeping it real as an artist, you know, and, uh, and, and being able to identify the voice that speaks to you 
and saying, okay, that's it. Regardless of what the market is trying to tell me to do, you know? Um, the, the Mamluk is 15 tracks, mainly produced by Zug and MB. Shout out to them. Uh, contribution, uh, production by Asifa and, uh, was it Mohenad? Mohenad Shorbaji, right? Mohenad Shorbaji. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. It features, man, look at this. Ras, Synaptic, Al-Fari, uh, Ilium, uh, Carl, Samir Abdel Karim, Uski Zed, Mazen Abdullah, and of course, Hassan, double uh, A, the preacher man, rest in peace. Um, wow. Like, mashallah, I mean, you know, the, 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 the process of it. And again, just to, uh, just to be clear, um, one, two, three, four, was it five or five records out of 15 have been released or six, just to make sure? Uh, what do you mean? Like five how records many, that have been released already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That were out already. Uh, there's already like uh, three songs out. Three songs, yeah. So yeah. we had like Russian Roulette, Typhoonie, yeah. and 2020 Vision. My, yeah, man. 2020 Vision got me. Like for me, I'm listening to this. It got me. It got me. It's like an incredible song. So, um, so listen, what's the process of creating such an album like that? And how long, like you were saying, what you were saying, what was it was it like last year that you started with this tell us about the process yeah. of mamluk so yeah the process kind of took 18 months but even from the writing from songs before mamluk like mbappe mm -hmm. and which you know talked about like being different and being you know from not looking like the people you're around and trying to identify with yourself being different yeah and to a songs like alpha chino which is like Pacino. you know just a bravado thing of, of me not being accepted, you know, in the, in the environment I'm from. Care with the scene, on my back a lot of kilos. I stay away from the beef so I can manage egos. They want a spot in the arena and they mad, I said no. But now, once I say yes, you see this diva say no. He don't believe in BDS, but boy, cost my videos, wow. You're so there was already this undertone of Mamluk in those projects already, you know? So I was in that world. So my process of making an album. What? Sorry, sorry. Keep, keep, that, keep, keep that thought. What got you into that? Like, why were you in that world? Um, I think it's like, like, to continue what I was saying, and I'll get to that, is that when I make a project, it's usually me looking back at the life I've lived, mm -hmm. you know, and encompassing how I feel. So when it came to making music to feel at home, I was living in Barcelona. I had run away, like, from Beirut because my family during the war in Syria had moved to the Philippines. So I didn't have an anchor in Lebanon anymore. So I moved to Spain. So making music to feel at home was like trying to, you know, justify this guilt of not being home when things are getting fucked up, you know? So I was, that was what it's about. Terminal was, you know, me already getting on tour, being able to tour a lot in Europe yeah. and not fitting in because I'm too Arab in the West and not fitting in the Middle East because I'm too Western for the Middle East, you know? So, and then when I find out I went to Mamluk, it, I, was, I was stuck a little bit more and because I had like, I had some injuries, I was touring less uh, and I was stuck in Lebanon for a lot longer mm. and being, you know, whether Syrian actually or Filipino, sometimes, not all the time, you know, in, this, in the Arab world can be exhausting. You know, mm. and I started it, those micro aggressions of, you know, people and, you know, in my environment started becoming more prominent. So I and also the more work I did in the scene, the more I'm known and the more microaggressions from people that I don't even I've never heard of or I don't even know started getting at me. So mm. I'm like, what the fuck is this about? 
so and for me i started like hey i'm sorry i'm buttoning you know it's racist racism that's just like that's camouflaged you know by by macho hip-hop bravado by the economy by you know just anything anything that would justify being discriminatory they will say that's the reason but i just started feeling like man there's a lot of that going on and it, it really beca became highlighted with the economical situation because of the lack of resources so while i was making the album it just like you know i i just became in that world and then i started putting a magnifying glass on my environment i'm like wow it is so much like that you know wow. and so when i started working on the process of the album i'm I'm, I'm zoned in, this is how I see the world. And I started like, I started picking from my view, basically. And then I started writing the music. Like the, one of the first songs that we finished was Antihero, you Ooh. know, with me and Synaptic. Yeah. That was the, one of the first songs we did because we were on tour in I Iceland. He had a show in Iceland, so I, I went to support him. And then we did a show in Berlin where I was supporting him and he will open for 47 Soul. Yeah. So, we were, I was, uh, we were in Iceland and we were in Airbnb and I had like a herniated disc on my neck, you know? So oh, I, 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 yeah, so I w that's when I had my injury. And I think that's when Synaptic came up with like, I can't carry everybody. And I was like, yo, that's so fucking true. Cause oh. that's, what, that's what I used to tell it, you know? <laughs> and he just came up with that hook on the spot. Wow. He had the beat from Shurbagi already. He had that beat from Shurbagi from Mosul, from mm. Egypt. And we were like, all right, Chino, like what you got? You know, he, he did that awesome chorus. And then I was like, all right, you know, I started like going through my files, checking recycled stuff, building on that. And then on the spot, man, and like, I think it was like 45 minutes, we had that song, you know, wow. and we kept it as is, as is from, from the Airbnb in Iceland. We didn't re-record <laughs> nothing, just kept it as is, you know? Yeah, I yeah. can't carry everybody, no, yeah. no. I keep you in my heart, but I wear it on my sleeves. I keep you in the dark, next moment say cheese. I've been smoking so much, I stopped having dreams. Waking up, surprises, fuck, I'm not dead, I'm just asleep. The energy was great. Man, wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, um, wow. Um, listen, okay, we're going to talk a little bit about each song because the guys from Warner Music Malise have actually... Um, we're January 20th today, uh, you know, um, and obviously uh, I, I had access to the album. I'm just going to say that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, no, man. But listen, one of one of my favorite records and the one one of the creators is definitely like the, the anti-hero one, but also Pickle Rick. Wow. I'm like, shout out Pickle to Rick. Woo! <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, t tell me about the record uh, real quick. Um, like first of all, the the collaboration that, with, know, with with Iliam, um, you know, how, how, on that record, how did it happen? Did you did how? Yeah. So so how that song came out, you know, like honestly, I saw I rocked the first, you know, MB who produced it. He just hit me up with the beat, and I was like, yo, I really love this beat. I love these dark vibes, you know, like I really shine when it comes to these kind of dark vibes. Yeah. yeah. So I start, started writing a verse, and I just said. I'm going to go ham with the concept of Mamluk in my head, which is like take over and try to change my environment, and, but go ham lyrically with that mentality of changing my environment and changing my surrounding. That's why it's like chang, 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 chang. I need mm. to make my changes, you know? Get the coin. Look around and need to make some changes. All I hear is chang, 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 chang. Look around, down to make a change. Uh, and I was just going ham, and the second verse that ended was saying, you know, 
Slick Rickham, I'm the ruler, Pickle Rickham in the sewers. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm fucking Pickle Rick, you know, because Pickle Rick, he, in that cartoon, he yeah. goes fucking ham on everything, even though people think he's just a pickle, but you know, don't let looks deceive you. That's the idea, you know? Yeah, 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 but, yeah. And oh my once God. I finished, mm. So I was like, don't let the looks deceive you, even a fucking pickle can fuck you up, right? And I, I started, you know, like, I heard my two verses, I heard the chorus, I'm like, yo, there's still something missing in here. There's, it needs a little bit more fire. And, and I just remembered Ilium, he had a song called Evil Morty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I was like, Pickle Rick, Evil Morty? That is like a fucking <laughs> match made in heaven, bro. Oh, wow. You know? So wow. That's when why the intro were like Evil Morty. Yeah. Yeah, when you reached out to him with that, was he okay on the spot to do this? Like, was it like, oh, yeah, let's go? Oh, yeah, man. He was just, bro, He, I think he sent me the verse like two days later or some shit. You know, like he was. Him and Synaptic are like that. Yeah. Him and Synaptic are so quick with the writing and knocking it out, you know, like. And he's amazing with a pen. And I think it's oh, also he is. I, I said this young. the other day. He has one of the best um, wordplay and then on tweet. And then someone, yeah. I think it was Mass did it, producer out of Jordan said, has the best wordplay, hands down. I'm like, yo, man. But, you know, but he's, he's just incredible. Yeah. I think the way he, he does his wordplay. And, and thank you so much for clearing that up. Because if I didn't have, if I didn't hear Iliam on the record, it wouldn't have the same impact. Having him on that record like that, yeah, made that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that goes with the same thing with a lot of the songs, you know. It's like, man, I don't have an ego about stuff, man. Uh, I, I look at a record, I'm like, yo, this is, you know, when I was hearing my, the record without Ilium, I was like, this is fire still. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two verses, an awesome hook and a cool bridge, it's still fire. But I was like, it needs some oomph, just a little bit more punch to pick it up back and go back down to the chorus, which is like, which is still fire. So, it, it, yeah, it needed that oomph. And it, it, that goes in the same with a lot of the songs, you know, um, what? like the song I'm Bored. Mm. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be in the album. It, it kind of just like I did it. I did the chorus. It's, I wrote it with the album in mind. But when I did the, my verse and the chorus and the bridge, I was like, I don't know, man, if I really want this on the album. So I kind of I, I had seen Carl, you know, around the way. And I love Carl. I love Carl, how it works. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna give this to Carl. Maybe we release it after album. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like continuing it, you know? Mm. And Carl sends me back one of his best verses I've ever heard, you know? Like, literally, that is... He, he blew me out of the water on that song. I was kind of like... I was so in shock. I was like... And it's the pills, the smoke, the dank, the dope, the coke, the bank, the bills, the bread, the toast And man, that's all she wrote I'm bored again, now give me more See me in a cloud of smoke Looking like a holy ghost Best believe I'ma rock that boat Automatic with a double dose So dramatic how I sorrow soak, huh? Yo, I, call, I called up Carl I was like, <laughs> bro, what the fuck? Why did you hit me up with such, such fire, bro? I have to put it back in the album now, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing And I did, uh. and and I keep on telling him that's like your best verse ever. Yeah. And uh, hopefully like people will tune into that song on board and, mm -hmm. and find somebody they've never heard of that is really fire. I love that. I, I love that you, uh, you know, of course, um, did that. A couple of months ago, you've released uh, the Kefuni record with Samir and um, Zenidine, right? 
Um, yeah. And listen, I just want to take the opportunity to say I'm proud of you because like of the videos as well. Like looking at it, like the, the video game for you, Chino, man, is, is amazing. Like I, for, for, for me, for me so far, like I'm, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the album, the 2020 vision with you and Ross and shout out to Zoog. Wow. That's a record. I was like, I'm like listening, listening. I keep listening to it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm love, I'm loving, I'm loving Pick a Rick right now. Like out of the ones that haven't been like released, but the doing the video, how difficult and how challenging was that for you? And why didn't we see that maybe from before? I mean, I love doing videos, right? So I'm done videos for like, you know, in my first album, OPP and Fight or Flight, we really yeah. challenge what's going yeah. on. Of like course, OPP, that was I iconic, can... iconic. I, that, yeah. I, I, you know, definitely iconic. If you want to study uh, Lebanese hip hop, Arabic hip hop, you got to put that to discuss so many messages um, um, that, that, that that video and that song talks about and salute, of course. Yeah, so yeah, thank you, my man. Uh, for me, that was like a song that catapulted me as a solo artist after Farid, you know? So we, I always like love doing videos, you know? Uh, Fight or Flight also was a one-shot video. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like I, for, for, for songs like Al Pacino, and you know, that's not in the album, but it was just on, Russian Roulette is very much like it. It's just having a camera and me work, work, walking and just have ly lyrics. Those things are just like easy. It's just all about location, you know? And uh, w when I was on tour in Berlin, you know, in Iceland with Synaptic, I just, we, I just told him, yo, that spot is really cool. I was, in, I was living in like some place in uh, Warsaw, you know, in, in Kreuzberg, and he was living somewhere not so far. So we met halfway at a train station and I told him, yo, we meet halfway over there, bring your camera. And then, yo, turn it on. And literally on my mom's, Al Pacino was one take. I, bought, I got the pizza, took it out, walked. You know, that, that was it. That was the video. So it's all about like understanding the moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, understanding yeah. the moment and trying to, trying to like encapsulate that moment. And I'm mm. all about that. Oh, man. And so, yeah. Go ahead. So, so one more thing. It was like when Russian Roulette, you know, mm. I shot that in the Philippines in October 2019. I just kept that in the bag, you know. Kaifuni. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I wasn't even like considered to be signing to Warner. So yeah. I wrote that way back, recorded way back and shot it way back. Kaifuni, um, uh, we shot it on the first day of like on the second, third day of lockdown or a little bit before the first day of lockdown. And the idea of it, we were supposed to show it to the walk and we were going to stop. And I booked tickets to go to, to Amsterdam to shoot the second half in Amsterdam with, with, uh, with Omar Zainuddin, you know, yeah. Zed. Mm. But with the lockdown and all the flights were canceled, I couldn't go to Amsterdam and shoot the second half. Mm. That's why we shot it like locally again. Um, wow. There, there's, there's, I know, like, and I'm just going to say this like really quickly and 2020 mm. vision, the last, the last video yet that we dropped. Yeah. That has a crazy story. And tell me about it. 2020 vision was a song that me and uh, Ross intended to wrap up, wrap up, what happened in 2020, you know, before the blast, because we wrote it before the blast. So I was talking about my experience with racism mm -hmm. and he was like talking about his experiences with, with the protest. Yeah. But when the blast happened, me, so Zook is the producer of the song. Yeah. Shout what out to him. Loved it. Before the well, blast. I, but big up to Zook. I just want to say the production. Wow. I just, I'm in love with the song because of that, but go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. 
No, one, Zug is so like unknown. He's going to shock a lot of people in this project because he did like some crazy work and 2020 Vision is one of them. And so 10 minutes before the blast happened or like, so the blast happened at 6.07, 6.08. Mm. At, at 5.50, Zug calls me. He's like, yo, and he calls me in Mazin. He's like, come over, let's hang out. Zug's house is literally 300 meters from the blast, 400 oh meters God. from the blast. So if we actually made it to the, his apartment, you know, we would have been totaled. He didn't even make it to the apartment yet, you know? So when the blast happened, you know, a lot of things got crazy. Uh, my man's Abu Ali, you know, double A, the preacher man died a month after the blast. He was really affected by that. Yeah. So we yeah. went through so much. So for me to even like grab myself and say, let's shoot a video for this was intense. We started scouting. When I scouted for the building where it was like behind it was the blast. Someone hit me up on my Instagram because I was counting on scouting on Instagram and it was a friend from Syria. She was like, my husband died on that floor. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just sharing. I'm just my, sharing my screen. That, that mm. floor. She's like, my husband died on that floor, you know? And she told me, it's like, are you guys going to shoot there? And I told her, you know, shout out to Nairi, Nairi, shout out to Nairi Yaqubian, you know, my friend. Uh, shout out. She was like, my husband died over there. Are you going to uh. shoot the video there? I explained her the story of the video that, you know, we're all, everybody in the song is trying to, you know, trying to, you know, move on from this by making this video, you know, and we're trying to heal maybe you know, by making this video. So the idea of the videos being, because we are all from that neighborhood, mm. that to show that we're in this neighborhood together and we're trying to move into somewhere spiritual to look back and trying to understand what went to, through to us. And usually when you go somewhere spiritual, you think something holy is going to happen, but it's just understanding. It's nothing more than that. So that was the idea of the video. But the end place of the video wow. is a place called Harissa, you know? Yeah, of and course. And then my friends, yeah, yeah. yeah and, so my friend said Harissa was Shant, her husband's favorite place. Oh. So she said, it's okay for you to shoot the video and our, on, on the building. And she gave me the okay. And Man. so there was a lot of these beautiful things wow. during the video that made wow. it a lot more, you know, powerful for us. And yeah. it became more, it helped us heal as people, you know, much more than, you know, than making a piece of art, you know. And that's something I really, you know, yeah. find upsetting sometimes when you're from this part of the world is you create art just to, you know, you, you, you go through tragedies and the only thing good from these tragedies that happen is create art. And, mm. and, but this time our art helped us heal. So that's really cool for us, you know? Oh man. Wow. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, see, that's why, that's why I love you, bro. That's why I connect with you. Like, seriously, I'm, I, I connect with that. And I think it's important to have these conversations like that. I also want to take the, the opportunity to say, and I don't know what you think about this, just diverting a little bit, um, but I want to get your point on this. Not every song that we put out there as artists has to be a hit. I feel like I've been doing this thing now since 2007. I feel now every artist I feel, I get like, oh, I, this has to hit, this has to hit. I'm like, not every single song you put out there and why am I saying that? Because recently myself, I started putting out songs. I put three songs out already. And I'm about, to put, I'm about to put my fourth project out. And like, yo, who are these guys? Like, who's gibberish from Sri Lanka? Who's like, who's Mobaki from Libya? We don't know. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, great. Um, 
but you know, you're going to get to know them. Not every song you put out as an artist has to be a hit. What do you think about that? And not, and I agree with that hundred percent. And one, I think you're like the now becoming like the DJ college <laughs> of the Arab world, linking up people, man, you uh, know? So I've, I've always trying, respect right? that, yeah. but like that, and especially, you know, bringing out the artists that are unknown and having cultural significance, you know, you don't have to make a hit to have cultural significance, you know? Drop and the, that's like the drop most the mic. important thing, man. I'm telling you, drop <laughs> the mic. You got to repeat that again because I'm putting that on Instagram somehow, somewhere. Say that again, Chino. You don't have to have a hit to have cultural significance. And that's, I firmly believe that, man, you know. Uh, Illmatic, Illmatic wasn't, you know, the, the pop success that it is, you know, that back then. But we love Illmatic because of the art. We love, you know, Reasonable Doubt because of its art, you know. Uh, and I and I think the storytelling, to be honest, as well, like the storytelling of and 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 all all the songs that you're talking about and that we love, there's a storytelling uh, out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, and it's man. It's again, it's a culture. It's the way we see our world and mirror it. And if we if we if you know like, uh, you know like a, a painting, right? Not everybody's gonna want this painting. Right, like a beautiful painting that's been there for centuries. Not everybody uh, can afford it, you know. Can, not everybody can appreciate it. But the value of it is so high because of its significance to the culture, you know. Mm. It's not your everyday sticker that you can get and pop it on the walls everywhere, everywhere, you know. That's also art. Yo. you know, it's yeah. not a sticker. You you, you drop it. You're dropping jewels on this, man. What's I'm wow? Jewels, my man. <laughs> We've, yeah. been in, we've been in this game for so long. Dude. Ain't, ain't nothing but jewels. Ain't uh, no money, but we got jewels. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Chino, man. Wow. Uh, you, you, you ever thought of writing a book? Uh, I'm actually, I, I'm, some, one of my goals is actually to write a script for, uh, for a series and hopefully get to do a series, you know? Wow. That, yo, that, I, will, I will invest in that one. For sure, I'm telling you. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. That would be so. Yo, Hass, man, <laughs> I love you, bro. Like you, how many times you supported us in the arena? How many times you show us love with whatever we do, man? So arena, you know, we're gonna we're I gonna get to arena, we're stuff. gonna get to arena. But I'm I'm trying to say to everybody watching, anybody Arabi, English, whatever, Chino Akbar from arena. Chino, uh, yeah. Chino, he's. Uh, Yes, I know all you guys want to know about the arena. I mean, okay, you know, I will definitely talk about that. Um, all right, Chino, the, the, the album, Mamluk, 15 records, 15 tracks. I want to know from you, which one was the hardest to write for you? Not technically, emotionally. Emotionally. The hardest one for me to write emotionally... Um, a lot of them were, you know, like, yeah. because, it, it, because it, I mean, to be honest, like heavy topics, look, to be honest, Mamluk from, from what I, from, from what I'm feeling and from when I, any, you know, again, I've heard it two times right now, but there is a lot of, there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of passion, but at the same time, there's a lot of vulnerability, which I really thank you for. Yeah. And all, all these mm -hmm. things get put together and I love it. Especially as a, I'm going to say it, Yanni, as a male Arab rapper, I love it. I love yeah. the fact that you're showing that and we need more of that. Yanni. We need, you know, I see the brother Mithun doing that, discussing things that no other rapper is discussing. And I love that. And he was yeah. able to build a fan base of following that is just remarkable. I've done an interview with him 
And man, I'm going to tell you right now, I've never said that before. The amount of messages I got of how Booker yeah. Thum's message saved their life is not one or two messages. It's over yeah. 100 messages. I'm like, wow. For me, wow. I'm like, how is he receiving? I got the 100 message. I'm like, what? So yeah. I, I really appreciate when artists do that. And I think you were able to tap into that with this album. And that's why I'm asking you, emotionally, which one would you say was the hardest uh, to write? I think, like you said, like you said, there's a lot of like, you know, anger because it's like, it's creating bravado, you know? So Mamluk <laughs> in general is like giving confidence to to migrant communities, whether you're a migrant, you know, from the migrant community in the Middle East or you're Arab in the Western world trying to assimilate and feeling like a Mamluk because you're not part of there, you know? So it's creating that confidence, right? I guess prayer, 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 heart emo, prayer, prayer hand emoji, the last song in the album, it was, it was a conscious song to say, be, I was angry through this whole thing, you know? Let me end it by saying, it's actually all good. It's actually, it's all right to have confidence, but have that confidence, but control yourself, you know? Uh, it's okay to turn the other cheek when it comes to saving your family. You know, be, be conscious of your loved ones when you're angry, because that might affect them. You know, and I started feeling that because when I was young, you know, let's go get into beef. Let's get into that. You know, that I was all I was all about, you know, rumbling and stuff. But now it's like, man, I got to keep getting my money right for my family. I got to send, you know, money to my pops back in in, in Philippines, to my mom's to help out my family. You know, like it just became it's be, I'm more responsible now. So I'm trying to tell people, yeah, be confident, have that bravado, have that self-respect when you go to your corporate meetings and try to get the money out you know, but also have that control when you're out in the streets to not jeopardize, jeopardize your loved ones. And it goes like this, and it goes like that, when they throw shade at you, and you throw light back, I know you're hating cause you loathe me, I'm just sending out this prayer hand emojis, and it goes like this, and it goes like that, when they throw Wow, man. I'm, I'm, I, like, I used to love you 100%, now I love you 200%, like, imagine <laughs> Like that. We're both family men. Yeah, that's okay. That's crazy. Um, look, technically speaking, that the album is kind of dropping tomorrow. I mean, I'm just saying, right? Twenty first. Uh, yeah, isn't it twenty first? Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just crossed yes. Wednesday early morning right here when we're recording this, and uh, this will be out hopefully, um, you know, before the album. But um, how how you feeling? Like when someone I just told you right now, album's dropping tomorrow. How <laughs> you feel? Uh, super like, you know, like now it's like pressured, you know, and with also like the kind of the buzz that is going around it, you know, mm. and people saying, yo, but this, this better be fire. You've been talking that shit for the past four months. This better be fire. It is. Uh, I, I definitely like I, the pressure is mounting a bit, but like it's also weight off my shoulder because like I said, this is therapeutic for me. I go through a certain phase where I, I get this pressure, I, I feel myself scrunching, you know, like I feel my back getting heavier, like physically, yeah, it, it, it does feel like that. Mm. So I know now it's stressful because there's a lot of promo things that's going with it. You know, yeah. Warner's like doing a lot of these interviews, you know, this is more personal, this is not a Warner thing, but like, oh, it's, it's definitely, okay. you know, but <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's definitely like things I don't like to do as much as the art, that's yeah. what's left. Yeah. And and also it's the first time that I have so much time 
between when I finished the album and when I released the album. I wow. have like now it's been four months, five months since I've finished the album. And, and billahi, and I'm, yeah. How do you, since four months since the album is finished, like how do you feel? Like has, has any of your close friends, of course, heard it? You want people to hear it? Like how do you... <laughs> I, you know, like, it's like literally like some super close friends that you can even get into your house. They has to be really close because, you know, it's COVID. So yeah. oh, it's not like yeah. you're inviting random people yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and, the, the, you know, the feedback I've been getting was like a lot of them, especially from the hip hop scene in Lebanon. They're like, this is some of the hottest shit we've heard from our region, you know. So wow. and it makes them proud you know, to be, to know me, to be part of the Lebanese scene. So mm. I'm super humbled by that, like by that kind of talk, you know, and it's, you know, people talking Twitter, wanting to hear it, people, you know, like I'm feeling really blessed right now. Alhamdulillah. Uh, and, 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 and yo, that's, that's really dope. Um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. And I want you to talk to me about uh, the artwork real quick. Big up. I mean, I love it. I really love it. Tell me, tell me, tell me about it. What was the process about it? And, uh, who, who did the artwork? So it's Reno Zoner. Reno yeah. Zoner. It's uh, yeah, Ahmad yeah. Ghadab, a.k.a. Yeah. Reno Zoner. He was a graffiti, a street, uh, street art artist, you know, street artist. Uh, I met him. I didn't meet him, like, personally. I saw him a few times working during the protests, which I was going down in, you know, in the end of 2019, beginning in 2020. He was very active, and he mm. was so prolific with his styles. He was doing, like, multiple different styles of art or of drawing that I was gravitated to all the different styles he was doing. So when I found out who it was, I just hit him up. And then mm. I was like, yo, it's Chino. And he's like, yo, I know you. And I was like, <laughs> I love your work, you know? And I was like, please, I have this idea for my album called Mamluk. And I had some similar artwork with the islands that my friend of mine shared with me from, from Vietnam. So mm. I gave him, as, him that as a reference, and then he built almost everything from that reference. Yeah, I love it, bro. Like, what a, what a record. Uh, excuse my ignorance again. Who, who, uh, who took that picture of you on the couch? Was that something you talked about? I forgot. Like, was that? No. No. No, actually, I, I was just sitting at home, and I took okay. a picture of me at home, just okay. chilling in my pajamas. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he drew it into a, I told him, I was like, he's like, what kind of chair do you want to be on? I told him. Yo, some shit like Godfather. And he was like, God, he's like, say no more. <laughs> say no more. Um, th yo, you know, like, there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists out there. Does, does every element have something? Like, Mathan, what's with the, uh, is that a crow or a bird on, on, on the? Uh, crows, <laughs> crows are like my, one of my favorite animals. They're wow. Like, this, one of this, yeah. Okay. Uh, they're really, Why? they're really smart. They're really smart. Uh, they really they remember faces. They have an understanding of people as well. They remember uh, faces. They yeah. They they never forget a face. So if you oh. do something bad to a crow, he might haunt you forever. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Okay, see now it changes everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm looking. And I I'm, never forget a face either. I forget names a lot, but faces I never forget as well. Wow, look at that. And it's funny, man. Like, I also, like, you know, uh, some of my favorite animals are, like, whale, crow, you know, and uh, cheetahs. These are, like, my favorite animals. But mm. So I got, like, I love crows. It's in my artwork. And uh, uh, I'm good friends with Synaptic. I started managing him, like, three years ago. <laughs> He's the hoot, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just surrounding myself with 
my faves. <laughs> Who, who's the cheater right now? Like, wait, what's I'm trying to look for that. <laughs> I'm trying to look for that, man. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, wow. Man, I'm loving the conversation. I hope you are too, man. Is, is that, man. is that, is that a, is that a pizza on the, on the, on the record, on the album artwork? Or yeah. No? Uh, so my, my boy, my best friend, you know, uh, Marwan Alam, AKA Mikey, AKA Shout out Mikey. Hashtag, ha, AKA hashtag fuck you, Mikey. Uh, he's, uh, he, we, we opened up a place called by the slice and yeah. you hear Alpha Chino and the end, I say, check out my, my man, Mikey's by the slice. You know, he got pizza going, you know, salami and stuff like that. So, uh, oh. I was shouting him out and I was eating a pizza. So the artist said, yo, that pizza is iconic. So we got to put that there, man. Um, yeah, it is iconic. Um, Chino, Mamluk in, in one word, if you want to describe it, what would it be? And can it be described in one word? I can maybe in four words, you know, uh, I'd like to say power to the people, you know, at least my people, you know, power to my people. Um, it's, man, look, look, this, if I want to explain, like, I'm, I could big time explain it, but like, if I want to, you know, put you into my world, because that's what Mamluk is supposed to be from the jump of Abid, you know, this first song, it mm. tries to mag, uh, magnetize you into my world and how i see it is that you know the mamluks back in the days you know in ancient uh islamic era they were slave warriors from the eastern europe western asia and spread all over the middle east and they rise into the ranks until they became the dynasty that controlled greater syria and egypt you know so these people were put into an environment that they were not from you know and they succeeded for me Migrants in the Middle East are doing that, trying to go where they're, you know, because of war, because of famine, because of economical desperation, they go try to succeed in an environment they're not from, you know, and bring back home. And I feel also Arabs, when they go to the Western world, try to achieve in, you know, in a place that they're not from, an environment that's hostile to them and succeed, they're also Mamluks. So all I'm trying to do in this album is connect the dots that we as Arabs have that culture of exiting and bringing back money and succeeding for your family the same way migrants in the East or in Africa go to the Middle East. And in reality, we are all Mamluks. I love this guy. It's incredible. <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm playing devil's advocate here. You know how I think about your music. But yeah, everything you just said right now, do you think it's a bit heavy for the people, the masses, to understand and just grasp? We are just like very, like I look at a, I look at a brother like Soul King. This guy out of Algeria, you know, French, that's hit machine. Like anything he drops right now, mashallah, blah, 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 blah. Does he do a song like Liberté for me is an incredible song about liberation, freedom, and all that stuff. What I'm trying to say is that do you think that people are ready for something like that? Because I feel we as, we're like, in Nas Nefsahum, they're becoming so, yani we want khalas, yalla, yalla, sariya, concept. I worked in Angami for a year and a half, and the guys at Angami, I mean, shout out to them, they used to tell me, Hus, do you know now, if someone doesn't spit in the first four seconds of the record, it's over, they skip. I'm like, what? Four seconds? Wow. And, and like, it's like, it's information like this, it takes two, three months, four months sometimes to work on one record, three minutes song, two minutes and a half song, and then all of a sudden, Someone would like this trash, it's shit, yalla, next. Um, yeah, that's, that's a possibility, man. That possibility, they'd be like, yo, this is too complex for me, you know? But 
I guess as artists, we have to say, you know, you have to put your foot down and say, uh, enforce the situation. And hopefully, you know, we get to have albums like To Pimp a Butterfly, you know, yeah. and yeah. we get to have albums like, you know, Forest Hill Drive, you know, that, that speaks about our time and, and not compromise on the lyrical content. You know, we can still have things like that, man. I feel like Umman Mojad for Synaptic as an Arabic rapper has yeah. a lot of success and it's very nuanced in, in the way he addresses things. Uh, I feel we have a lot of those artists, you know, and we, we need to give them a chance. And yeah, right now, and, and that's why I have actually quite a lot of love for Warner right now to put their weight on an artist like me that's not Thanks. just trying to bang out, you know, pump out bangers, but they're trying to invest in someone who's trying to culturally change, you know, what's going yeah. on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe, maybe with with a group like Warner that's con like that accepts that kind of content and tries to push for that content because they don't shy away from that stuff. Actually, when they want me to do the promo stuff, they will actually throw at me questions about. They will tell me to answer like really deep social, you know, be, they'd want me to be very introspective socially. And sometimes I actually have told them, I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to be that woke, you know, <laughs> like, and you know, like, I don't want to seem like that all the time. Have, you know, yeah. me, me and you, you know, we have this, you know, hour long podcast. I can, I can be as nuanced as I want. But for a 20 second I hear academy you. teaser, I ain't trying to be woke, you know, sometimes. So, you I know, you. it's actually quite cool, you know, to have those guys be so conscious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, no, thanks for that. Uh, there's one track I want to talk about as well, Traffic, Al-Fari at MB. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, first of all, Al-Fari, man. Oh, my God, this guy is so mad creative, man. It's crazy. I, I just want to say that for people who, who put Al-Fari also in the box of 47 Soul and amazing. Okay, Get, okay, whatever. But he's a rapper. Like he's also a, like a yeah, he mad man <laughs> bars. I think first and foremost he's a rapper. You yeah, know? like he plays percussion. <laughs> percussion. He sings as well. You know, but I know I'm known Fanai. You know, like obviously I knew he used to uh, be a drummer as well and yeah. a percussionist. But I first known him as a rapper. You know, yeah. I first known him to be with Ed Abbas, you know, my other man. MC, shout out to Ed Abbas. Ed Abbas Ooh, you know, we love you, my brother. Rapper, yeah. And he, he did, a, I first known about Farai when he did Hairan, you know, with, with Ed Abbas. With Ed Abbas. And so I thought that was, song was fire. I think a lot of his rap stuff, you know, are like, are like overlooked. Um, Fact. And when I did Traffic, it was like a weird song because it was during the protests, you know, we, I, I wrote it and I finished it a long time ago. Um, my boy MB who produced it and he's singing in the chorus, he got stuck in traffic, you know, coming to my house. And oh, that man. chorus, that chorus came out because he was stuck in traffic. He recorded in his phone. And then when he came, we recorded it, you know? And uh, once I got the beat, I started writing about, also the financial situation and how I'm thinking about the financial situation stuck in traffic. And I started talking about my cousins because when in Lebanon, the financial situation at that point, back in the days and like in the beginning of the struggle of the protest, the banks were like fucking with a lot of Lebanese. They still are, but it was such a shock back then. 
But for me, I was like, as a Syrian, I was like, yo, they've been fucking with me for the past four or five years, bro. Uh. Sometimes they don't give me their money, my money when they don't want mm. to. I'm, I'm like, I've had my account with this bank for like five, six years. I've been audited three times. I don't oh. know any Lebanese who've been audited in, in, in Lebanon, bro. Wow. So, and I was trying to convey that, actually, mm. that song. Like how, yeah, it's really bad, this financial situation. But yo, it's been bad for me for a minute. <laughs> I hear you. Um, Chino, okay, I want you to be totally honest with me here, right? Totally honest. Um, yeah. So you have, of course, features on the record. Did you, again, honest, right? Um, yeah. Once you receive the verse from the feature, did you change anything that you've written? Well, uh, whatever you wrote was stuck to it. Zero. Zero. Ferai's <laughs> okay. song, you know, and that's why I like, like with Ferai, I had my verse, I had my chor the chorus already, and he had a slot, and I sent it to him. I was like, fill that slot up. The same way Iliam, and the same way with Carl. Uh, the only ones I think I wrote with was, was Synaptic. He just had the hook, so I was there on the spot with him. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Samer, um, Samer, uh, Samer and uh, Zenitin. Samer, Samer Abdelkrim was actually in the room with me. I was, okay. I was writing the, he had already the verse. I had the melody for the hook with me in my head for the past four or five months. So I was just already reciting it. So when he came, I kind of just drafted it out a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then Zen who was in like Belgium, he just sent his vocals. Yeah. He had already written something, but when he heard what we were doing, he was like, okay, I get your vibe. You're just okay. chilling, right? I'm like, we're chilling, man. He's like, okay, I'm chilling <laughs> with y'all. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, I got to ask you this, man. You're, you're an OG in the, in the, in the Lebanese scene and, uh, in the, and, and he had to in the, even in the Arab hip hop, but let's talk Lebanon. Now, a lot of focus on, um, mashallah, Morocco, Maghreb al Arabi, which is another beast. And then you got Egypt right now making a run. You got Sudan. Huge. You got Huge. like Saudi Arabia, a little bit of Kuwait, um, you know, doing a really big run. And then you have Jordan, Palestine, um, you know, uh, you know, Syria. Always, always in the discussions. Lebanon is like always, and I hate it. I hate that. It's always, uh, you know, like it was it, at one point, it was like DJ Lethal Skills, Fadil Atrash. DJ Lethal Skills, Fadil Atrash. Now, what? And there's some incredible talent out of Lebanon. Now, I just want to know from you, as a person who's been rocking, you know, the scene and making an impact, not only for the Lebanese, you know, for the community as well. What's happening, Nana? When, when, well, knowing that the situation in Lebanon as a, as a country, it's Taban. Taban is an understatement, in my opinion. My, my wife is Lebanese. Yeah. Uh, I know the family there is really tough. And I see it in the people's faces. Fahim. But what are your thoughts? Yeah. Look, man, with the age of internet and age of consumption, Lebanon is just not a market. It's not a market for any promotional organization to focus on because they are not going to get you clicks. And that's just, just, just business-wise, it's not a good 
deal to just focus on Lebanon. Even me and Arena, it was important for me to say, come talk to Jordan, talk to Hassan, talk to you and try to bring some Gulf people into the game because our market is really small. Uh, so to have reach, we had to diversify and talk to the other countries, you know? But that doesn't say that there's no talent over here, you mm, know? Of course. That, that doesn't say, you know, and I can shout out all the guys that I think are dope right now from Lebanon, like Ross, obviously, uh, like young guys like Roytivation, young guys like uh, it's Hayek, you know, Hayek, uh, young Hayek. guys like Ziggy Marley, you know, Ooh. or Ziggy Stoner. Uh, sorry, it's not Ziggy Marley, Ziggy Stoner, Ziggy sorry. Stoner. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there, there's just there's just a lot of young guys still coming up and there was this just gap of understanding where we fit mm. and I think I think right now you know especially hey you know because it's so fucked up in Lebanon right now and you know what they say about diamonds and how they're formulated <laughs> bro we got you know mad pressure right now on us and I think yeah. I think you know I'm the first step onto that, you know, to that pressure and coming out of that pressure. 2020 for me was like a pressure pot, you know, it was like a pressure cooker. It yeah. really, you know, my, you know, like rest in peace, double A, my, my best friend passed away. Explosion that shook, like second biggest explosion in, in the, you know, after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. Uh, economical turmoil, you know, protest, uh, you know, moving apartments. This is just me personally, you know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Coming out of the 2020 and giving you a project just shows you what kind of work and ethics we have as an artist and what we can formulate with having no resources, bro. I mean, you know? I love that. Like, I love what you just said. I, I love that, bro. But at the end of the day, um, maybe someone else listening to that, they're like, I don't care. And how do you, how do you address such a, such a narrative? And, and really, I've seen that before. I've been doing this now since 2007. And I see yeah. it, bro. I, I, I see it. And I, I, I don't know. I think we as a people need to come. Like, for example, the Lebanese people, I know for a fact that they appreciate art. But like you said, the Mathi, Mathi Tugul, Mathi strength, there's no weight still for, for yeah. Lebanon to make that. Man, I'm telling you, Sudan, Anna, I, Anna Sudan, the people of, when I host a, an event here in Dubai and there's a Sudanese artist, there's an increase of 40%, 50% people coming in than regular. Like why? Yeah. There is a love yeah. for the country, for the flag, for that. There's a belief. And I don't know if Lebanon are, I'm sure they believe, but they're like, they have their own shit to worry about as well as people, life. Yeah, man. I, I, honestly, I'll have to say that I can't really tell you 100% because a lot of people, even in the Lebanese scene, wouldn't consider me Lebanese, you know, wouldn't consider my music as a Lebanese output, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. So, that, that's another, that's another, that's another shit, bro. For, for me, when I came, I will say this, okay, to everybody who says that. When I came, when I flew from Jeddah to Beirut to cover that Shadi Mansour and Loki um, concert in UB, uh, because they changed my mind and I flipped, I asked around. I asked around the streets of Beirut because I didn't know I had a cameraman. I didn't know nothing about Beirut. And I'm just, you know, walking by and I'm just, you know, nothing. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about the music scene in Beirut at that point. I wasn't really, you know, I changed after Revolt. Yeah. I kept asking. Yeah. You know how many people told me, Fari, 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 Chino, Fari, 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 Fari. It was like, it was like who the hell? What? What? And I, <laughs> yeah, okay. I had to get in contact with you. So again, to the point, it's you are already متعمق في في community, bro. Like regardless of whether who, 
I hate people like that. I'm using the word hate. I don't, I respect people like, oh, مش محسوب علينا. مين محسوب يعني? It's the passport that makes you like that? What do you, what does that mean? What, what, I don't yeah. get it. This dude has been repping Lebanon for 20 plus years. How come he's like, okay, I don't get it. Like, like dude is out there. So yeah, for me, I get I'll it. say that. Yeah, and I, you know, thank you so much, man. And thank you for like, you know, putting yeah. that out there in such a, like a platform. And I, like you said, bro, we just kind of like have to, you know, step by step, inch by inch, move forward and try to get people on board. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe the Lebanese fan base, you know, aren't on board to some things. Maybe they're on board to things that cannot be exported as well. You know, like we don't know. Uh, I don't understand the mechanism of why we're not getting that much airplay. When we we talk about like artists like Ross, you know, he gets a lot of airplay in, in Arab world as well because he has this linkage as well as an artist. Yeah, but to be honest talking. with you, he's also very niche. Like I know I, I, I have, alhamdulillah, I have my finger on the pulse and Ross is somebody, every time I post about him, he's like, yeah, he had a dictionary to understand. That's the, that's the feedback I get. I'm like, yeah, that's him. But he was able to yeah. also build a fan base like that. And that's what yeah. I appreciate a lot. And when you talk to him, sadly, we had an hour and a half convo. It all went uh, from audio, but we had a beautiful convo, man. I don't know. We'll try to get that back. But, but, but yeah, man, you're, you're absolutely right. I think the question I'm trying to get to is how difficult in this album, what's the song that people can bump on the radio, push there, the commercial song that people can all understand so that they can get hooked and then they understand the album? Is there a specific song that you think that is I that? Think, I think like, and as I, I would look at it as more as a single track, you know, like that I'm on by myself, you know. Um, I think there's three songs that encapsulates like what the vibe of the album. Yeah. Uh, and the most commercially viable, I feel, is Fresh Money. It ah. talks about the Fresh Money situation in Lebanon, but as well, it talks about something so normal for us as an Arab culture is money grabbing to your family. You know, that's, that's, I feel, you know, sending Western Union back to your family is such a, you know, I just, Arab, I just came back from Western Union just now. You know what I'm saying? It's just something <laughs> yeah. we do on a regular bro. Yeah. So, uh, in that song, I'm talking about like trying to gather money to send to my family back in the Philippines, but it could be also for a person who's like, you know, in America and France sending back to their family in Lebanon mm -hmm. or any other country in the, in the region. So okay. I think that's a song that gets you. And also, and that's an English song. Yeah. But Nike Air Nike as Air. an Arabic song, I feel like encapsulates that, you know, which is a struggle to, to cope with an environment that's hostile to you, but also trying to move ahead. It's just keep moving on, move forward type of song. And I feel that resonates with a lot of people, man. Because, mm. yeah, I, I feel everybody struggles in their own environment. And, and the third song, you said three. And the third one would be Abid. I know that's like super dark, but, but wow. it, just, it just kicks in the door, you know? And uh, it, it, it has an intro, an outro that really magnetizes you, I feel. Mm. So those are the three songs I feel like that, that would... Uh I feel, win, mm, I feel there's a track we haven't talked about. The, the Veni Vidi Vicky. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Veni Vidi Vici. You know? Vici. Uh, okay. Yeah. T tell, me, <laughs> tell me about this track. Uh, uh, it's a, so Veni Vidi Vici is like divide and conquer. You know, uh, it's Latin. Uh, he came, he saw, he conquered. Yeah. You know, he conquered. So that's uh, Latin for that. And uh, 
it's also just me putting my stamp on. Uh, I flip from English and halfway through, I start flipping in Arabic. And it's, that's really, you know, saying that I can do what you say I can't do, you know? And uh, like in the chorus, I say, just take a walk with me. You know, you know, so just come take a walk with me. And uh, even yeah. while we're walking, you just, you can talk to me and tell me what you want, but I owe you nothing, you know? I can hear, I love but that. it doesn't affect me. In the, in the album, are you taking a jab at anybody? Like, I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, more like the, the anger that's coming out of the album. Is it coming out of, is, is it like, do you feel better that you wrote about it now and it's going to be out in the world? Yeah. Look, man, I, I, I do not talk about specific people. No. You know, I just don't because I, I might have a moment where I feel a certain way and it inspires me to say something. Okay. So I will write that down and it becomes part of the song. But to, for me to be specific on, on characters, you know, that don't really affect me on my everyday life uh, and, and, and use my art to kind of like elevate their status as well. And yes, that's I, it. I don't, I'm not really into that, man. You know, yeah. I'm really into just grabbing the moment and the feeling that I get from a situation, regardless of who it is, and put it on wax. So you can, even some points in this, in, in some of the, you know, the album, I might have been inspired from a moment from, you know, a certain person that dissed me or something like that. <laughs> But in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, you can take that intention out at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, um, no, I hear that. Um, okay, so um, just want to address some of the questions that I received from, <laughs> from, the, from the audience. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody. But, you know, the brother is actually releasing an album. Go check that album first. It's called Mamluk. Um, you know where I'm coming with this, bro. 80% of the questions was about the arena. Now, again, I just yeah. want to say it was the questions coming in from my platform. My platform is really like a lot of Arab rappers, you know, people who love Arabic rap and hip hop, uh, people who love disses and beefs and it's all connected. I've said that before. Big difference. And I'm, I'm here with the man. Big difference between beefs and disses and battle yeah. rap. Can you kind of yeah. set yeah. the record straight for this one and maybe explain to the people maybe the difference yeah. between both or like, you know? So, so, you know, battle rap, it's, it doesn't have to have beef in it, you know? So uh -huh. I, the guys that bring to each, each other, they can come into this place, they go face to face. Most of the guys who battled each other in arena, it's very little, little of them, you know, there's only a few of them, if any, maybe only two or three that were, came from actual beefs, you know? But the big name guys, they're there for respect. Yeah. and just showing their craft, you know? So it's just about being who's better, you know? There's no actual beef in it. Uh, and th that's where I have a problem because now in, in the hip hop game, we're, they're trying to just get up on each other by using thises, you know, and trying to mm -hmm. formulate that. For me, man, I'm not, I'm not with dissing someone where you don't have actually beef with. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like these tracks where you formulate beef with somebody and because you, you have social media you can create any narrative to your fans and tell them yo this is how I feel and this is how the guy is and then make a song yeah you know uh and you've never met the person and you're just oh, like oh man you, get, you, you, you know yo, believe me I know I know like 85 90 percent maybe of the rappers and I've, you know I know of them 
And, and when I talk to them on offline, it's like, yo, this guy, he didn't reply to me or this guy didn't even message me. They don't know, never met each other. I'm like, oh, is that, wow, okay. But yeah, um, listen, I got to ask you this because it was really repeated. Who is a rapper that you really would love to get on the arena? Somebody that you personally a rapper as Chino. Uh, it, it, from, from the Arab world. Yeah. Yeah. One, and I tried and I spoke to him, but it just never panned out, was Shea Booba. He's been absent for three years right now. But, you know, before the arena, yeah, we want we, a verse from him, Aslan, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah bro, I, like, <laughs> I spoke to him, like, I think three years ago. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was me. I uh, spoke to him a little bit. I spoke to his manager. We, you know, we had a back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to Disaster at that time, uh, trying oh. to make that happen. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Booba and Disaster? That was, I think that was what we were trying to accomplish, man. I oh. think that was one of the things we were trying yeah, to accomplish. Yeah, that, that's respect right there. That's, that, 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 that would have gone down as, as iconic, I think. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, we were, yeah, we, we, we spoke to, like, uh, Shay Booba, and there was a couple of other rappers we spoke to from the Gulf, you know, because, you know, I started going down the line, you know, and, and was, talking was Vort- to was Vortex rappers. Was Vortex one of Vortex, I don't think we even, like, my communication, I don't think reached to him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we tried, yeah, and yeah. It, it, we didn't get any answer back. Uh, but again, I, I, I want to uh, take this, I want to take this opportunity to say there's a big difference between the, the disses and the beefs, what's going on, and the battle rap between, because for me, it's, yeah. that's why Khastan bin Khalid, man, especially in the GCC, there's a big, big misunderstanding. And believe me, I am tired of it. And I am tired because, yeah. like, it's, Maybe in other, like in the, in the Middle East, in the Levant, they understand it a little bit, a bit more. In the GCC, they don't get it. Like, I'm telling you, they don't get it. They, they're like, Khalas, this is battle. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Wallahi, it's not. You can, and you can. No. Nah. Yeah. Because battles, bro, you, you go, you go to the spot. You know, I don't, you know, you're good. I'm good. Let's get this out of the way. And it's done at that point. Yeah. You know, it doesn't go back and forth forever. And they shake hands after, bro. I know. Like, it's about the skill set. It's well, about the skill set, you know? Mm, and, and from what I'm witnessing a lot from the scenes is, like, they want, they want to have the beefs, like, ammunition to create music. You yeah. know, like, it's the only way that they can create music is by creating that aggression. And sometimes this aggression is just not real you know like man i agree with you 100 percent. but again to say to to tell you something that we talked about before i know off air as well rappers don't want to do that but they tell me has when i release a record that's had if that's actually good people don't give a shit they want me to swear at this guy so he can swear back at me so we can make money that's exactly coming in from from most of the rappers they're telling me bro we want to live we don't we don't like i don't i don't work in in, in a place I live off of YouTube or streaming or whatever. Like, you know, it's, so I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big I thing. I guess, you know, more power to the peeps if that's how they make their money, you know, uh, uh, yeah. because that's important, you know, like you need to go for your bread for sure. Yeah. But for me, I cannot, I can, you know, if your notion of success is only based on the aggression that you can create then that that might that's not sustainable. I feel for me as as me no, as no, an facts. artist. I, I agree. Know? Agree. Uh, listen, Imad Seventy Nine is asking, "Why we see Aghani from Syria from Chino? Why don't we see like songs about Syria from Chino?" 
I mean, I mean, is the Aghani bil Arabi? I think you haven't heard because I rap a lot about Syria in my album, making yeah. music to feel at home. But yeah. that album is all in English. Uh, but Haydelin is my perspective of being outside of Syria, you know, living in Europe. So I, I was there when I wrote it. I was in Spain and Barcelona. So my mindset was in English. In uh, this album, there's I don't really talk about Syria because I haven't lived there in a long time, you know. But in songs like Beni Bidi Bici, you can hear me talking about, you know, Ruta, like yeah. name Ruta, yeah. you know, and uh, Duma, you know, and stuff like that, like places, you know, that I grew up around. Uh, so I think in my opinion, man, yeah, there's the references, there's the, uh, you know, there's who you are. But again, that brings me to this question. What's home? Like for Chino, what is it? Because obviously there's this thing going on. It's been going on. The third culture kids, right? Like I am like this. Yeah. I'm here. I have this passport. I don't have a home. I'm confused. And by the way, shout out to uh, a rapper like Wiggs out of Egypt. He has a song called Manhus. Manhus mm -hmm. talks about Manhus. Manhus. We're all kind of yeah. cursed. Mafia. We're living in an environment. I don't know what home is. We're seen like a dayin. Um, so what is home for yeah. Chino? Uh, right now it's Beirut. It's Beirut. I've been here for 18, 18, you know, like close to 18 years, you know, two of those 18 years I was living in Spain, but from 2000, you know, uh, four until now, uh, I've been mostly in Beirut. So it, if I was considered a home out of all the, uh, all my life, yeah, it would be Beirut. But, that's why I made the album Making Music to feel at home. Because in general, wherever I've moved, once I have a room like this, with my mic and my speakers, I can make it my home. Um, I find myself sometimes, you know, when I stay in a place too long, I, you know, I might feel a little bit unwelcome and I might leave and, and maybe, you know, as much as I love Beirut and Lebanon right now, I find myself looking ahead to somewhere else like a lot of Lebanese people. So if, if, if someone like me, if someone that's Lebanese in a situation like this, like in Lebanon, is trying to leave their home, imagine me who's not a Lebanese with the lack of resources and how they look at me, I might want to leave sometime soon. So that question is so big for me you know, it's, it's an it's a open-ended question. Every yeah. time I see you, you can ask me that question again. Um, like, okay, what, what's, the, what's the most difficult thing you ever had to go through in your life? Like, I think from, sorry? 2020. Wow. 2020 has to be the most difficult thing, man. I, I, I can't tell you, like, if I have to explain to you the different things in chronological order that I had to go through in this year, you know, it's almost every month some shit is happening that's really, that really tests me as a human being, you know? And just, just the month of the blast, and that month, the blast happened, my best friend died, and, and, and my father, on the day of the blast, you know, broke his hip, on the day of my friend, you know, was buried, we had to take him to the hospital for operations, you know, uh, with the economical situation going on all around the world, we have to help him make that happen. So, you know, and mm. literally three hours after the blast, 
I, I get, you know, one of the final contracts for me and Warner, you know, it's a roller coaster of a year. So I know people look at me and say, oh man, he's been working so much this year. He created all this content. Look at him, you know, like flashing around. <laughs> but be behind the scenes, behind the scenes, man, I'm literally trying to pick myself up, you know, mm -hmm. and, and put myself together just to accomplish those tasks. Mm -hmm. And this is my mentality right now. I got tasks in hand, got to execute, you know, and hopefully accumulate enough, you know, love from what I've done to take back home to my family. Wow. No, I, um, I love you, man. Like that's, that's, that's really amazing. Um, Tayyip, um, we want to know now, uh, Chino's, uh, favorite Arab rappers. Uh, so they are not, they are not on that album. Memluk. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, book Okay. Definitely up there. Uh, and you know, funny enough, man, uh, my song Nike Air, it, it started off with a beat from Bukaltum. So he had given me a beat. What? Wait, man, Bukaltum is a mad beat maker, producer. What? Oh. So he gave me an instrumental. Okay. And the, and the vocals I recorded and I sent it to him. And he had some personal things and said he couldn't finish it on time. Yeah. You know, because he had a lot of personal things. So I literally just took the vocals as is oh. from his beat and I gave it to, and I gave it to uh, Zug and said, please reproduce, you know, do something. It, what Zug did is completely different. Oh, but wow. I was like, this is, this is the vocals that I did with Bukatum. He said he can't do it, do something. So oh, wow. I have a lot of love for Bukatum and I'd really like to work with him. Inshallah. Uh, Another rapper from the scene, I'd really appreciate their work is uh, Marwan Musa. Right wow. Now from mm. Yeah. Shout out Marwan. Yeah, he's he's working. He he coming to the UAE end of the month. So maybe we'll connect. Like he's amazing. Wow, yeah. So I, I really like his work. Um and I, and from the Gulf, you know, so let, let me diversify a little bit. Yeah. Uh Buba. I think he has a great yeah. pen and uh his presence is really, you know. I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw this clip like you and Hammurabi talking, and um, I, I agree with what Hammurabi said in terms of like he's he's one of the very few Gulf rappers that really understand culture of hip hop, uh, and yes. and I know that a lot of Levant rappers would relate to him, and they they like him, like they write, like, like his pen, because he's really yeah. hardcore like that, like he's yeah he's Shebuba is no, mad no, though, bro, yeah. No, yeah, he has a, he has a presence when he's on the mic, you know, uh, you feel him when he gets on the mic. Uh, even his choices of words and how he words it, you know. So that's why it's not when you, and this is to, you know, like pro tip for young rappers, you know, who, who like to go with the flippity dippity, you know, raps a lot, you know. Sometimes, man, it's just about like, you know, focusing on your craft and getting the words out and creating the character of you are, who you are as a person and letting that be showcased on the beat, you know, as to opposed to trying to technically, you know, you know, like impress people. Yeah. I, I don't know who said that, but I remember there was a verse uh, or a bar rhyming big words doesn't make you relevant or something like that. I just also, yes. um, yeah. Um, um, man, uh, October 31st, 2020, we lost MF Doom. Were you an MF Doom fan? Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to John Nusser and uh, Ed Abbas. They're yeah. huge MF Doom fans. So I became a fan, you know, by proxy. <laughs> by proxy. Yeah, but he was, yeah. uh, his story is incredible too. Like, the, you know, apparently like, uh, um, what, you know, what he stood for, how he, how he was able to, yeah, his, you know, man, life is not granted. That's what I totally understand. Life, no. life is not granted. And your art uh, speaks for, um, for itself. And, and that's that the beauty of, you know, like, you know, the sadness of his passing obviously affected us all. But I think the beauty of how we all came together as a hit scene, you know, for some art, for the art, an artist that's so underground, that's respected mm. so widely, but doesn't that He's a rapper's rapper. He's a rapper's rapper. Exactly. And, and, and when, in the long term, in the long, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at that, you're like, man, I want to go out like that. You know, uh, I want to go out like that. And I think that's a lot of us, you know, as friends, also when Double A had passed away, you know, especially close friends, you know, when we looked at him as a person, we always asked, he's like, you're not focused like us on objectives. You're like, that, that, that criticized, you know, maybe who he was as a person because of, you know, his innocence. Uh, and we didn't know it was just innocence and love until he passed away and you're like, all that shit didn't matter. All that shit we used to talk to him didn't matter because look at how much people love him and, you know, we're waiting outside in line for him, you know, Fact. just for his memory, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and when, when you look at the grand scheme of things, yeah, you're just like, Hey, you know, mate, you, you really have to be wise at your selection, you know, and have a lot of integrity with your, with, with your moves, man. Oh man. Um, look, I love talking to you. Uh, I don't know. It's like been an hour and plus right now, which is wow. Um, yeah. If, if, if people are like right now, when this is out, when you're probably seeing this, the album is out, swipe up, swipe down, whatever, see it in the comments. You're going to find the, the album, go check it out. What do you want you as Chino? What do you want the people to take out of the album? And I know where you come from. Everybody's going to take it from their own. Everybody has a, a, a concept of what home everybody has. Maybe a concept of what Mamluk is. What would you like people to take away from the album? I know it's like an aggressive album if you like look at it and it's just aesthetic like, you know, and, and, and it's aesthetics. But in, re in reality, it's about patience and endurance, you know? It's like, it's about me enduring a lot and having patience and looking at the end goal and saying success is over there. Just focus and don't look at the bullshit around you. Wow. Do you know Gary V? No. You don't know Gary V? You should check him out. No. Gary V. It's like, it's like you, you, you have to be one of those um, motivational speakers of hip-hop. Motivational? Yeah, yeah, I'm motivational telling you. speakers of hip-hop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of hip-hop. No, see, we, 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 need, we need someone. I'm telling you, man, that could be it. Like, I'm t out of this interview, I'm going to definitely send you some stuff because you know, I'm like saying, I'm like, yeah. how am I supposed to reply after that? Like, wow, okay. You know, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're both uh, students of Chuck D. Remember when we both met Chuck D over here in Beirut? Bro, that you was know? that was an iconic day. I still have that picture. Shout out Jackson Allers. He took that picture of us yeah. strolling uh, the streets of yeah. Beirut, and um, yeah, that was. And he inspired me. That that meeting meant a lot to me because it, it's that you know someone who had. I remember telling telling John. I was like telling him. I was like. It's like we saw a prophet of hip hop, you know, like the way Facts. he spoke, you know, Facts. and uh, he, he just came with such a, 
large amount of experience so through decades he's giving you the the bigger picture really so like yeah yeah it's uh, no man but i on that time i was really going through a tough time i think it was 2013 14 i forgot mm. and at that was, at that point i was two years three years from this from the from the show Lesh hip hop and i was struggling because like i'm i'm getting i'm getting cold and infidel i'm getting pushed around it's been a bit difficult wow. and then i'm a fellow chuck d on twitter found out that he's going to beirut i jumped on the flight and when i met him he hugged me real straight and, and whispered in my ears and said i see you keep fighting continue the struggle when he said that i because khalas it's like i'm like i, I kind of lost it for a second you know like i'm like bro i'm no I, he's I, he saved, he sa- and i told him that he saved me from quitting if that's the word, because I don't know uh, if I would have stayed, you know, June 2021, I'm celebrating 10 years of leadership hop. Now, I know it's once in a week, once a week show, but alhamdulillah, it's Saudi's, you know, uh, it's the only show in Saudi that plays, that try to play and try to educate, but it's been tough. But 10 years, uh, just looking back at it, it's been, uh, it's been, and, and no, but guess what? You're always there. You're always, um, you're the first guy that I interviewed in, 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 in Lebanon. Uh, you're always there in terms of like showing love. And now I think it's our turn, brothers and sisters, please. Um, not, I'm not begging. I'm telling you, go for your eardrums. Go and, and, and elevate yourself. Um, you can listen to whatever you want to listen to, but I think it's a duty for us as Arabs and people who live here to support someone like that. Somebody who's been showing love to the scene. Somebody who impacted the scene. Somebody who's always down, who's always humble, always working, always collaborating always making things look easy. Um, and I'm going to say it, man. Look, I'm going to say it. This, this guy is half Filipino, half Syrian. Uh, you, 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 look, you look at where, what, what his background is and you look at, and again, I don't mean disrespect to anybody, but there is racism that goes around in, in, in the world. And if you're silent about that, then it's your problem. You're part of the problem too. We discuss everything that's going on in America Facts. with Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, but there's racism that exists with us. So the people who are going on and posting Black Lives Matter, and then you're racist towards your fellow Syrian or fellow Filipino or fellow whatever, you're also part Facts. of the problem, my brother and sister. Facts. So that needs to stop. Facts, man. man, I'm telling no, you. Facts, you put the fire in me, Chino. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Let's go. This is uh, the Beirut protest vibe, bro. We oh, fucking burn shit down. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, man. Um, listen, man. I, I really, I really want to wish you all the best. I mean, again, Me on too, on man. my on my phone right now, it says Wednesday, January twentieth. So that means it's a day. Uh, one day, um, you know, since this drops, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work on this interview, and it's gonna be out as well. Um, any last words you'd like to say to anybody watching this, my brother? Go ahead. After 2020, man, just focus on your loved ones and fuck all the bullshit, man. You know, 2021 should be fuck all the bullshit. That's what it should be, man. Move forward. Let's not, let's not, let's not do that petty shit. 2021, man, looking ahead. Man, Chino, this is his account. Uh, Chino, thank you so much for your time. Shout out to Warner Music Middle East. Uh, big up to the team. Thank you so much for taking a, a risk. Yes, I said it. A risk on this brother. And I think it will definitely pay, uh, pay off and... Um, you know, salute to you, uh, to you. Ahmed, come say hi. Quick, quick, real quick. Come, come say hi. Oh, Ahmed, okay, Ahmed, my son. Ahmed. Uh, <laughs> we say peace and love. Like and subscribe, you guys. We go to come. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.